Lesson 40. Hello again. I'm just now putting the finishing touches on a project I've been working on called a photo collage, or more accurately, a joiner, as its creator David Hockney referred to it. Viewers are often asking me to offer more projects, so I'm going to dedicate this particular lesson to one of my students' favorite assignments, creating a photo collage using joiners. British painter-photographer David Hockney created the joiner process in the late 60s while shooting Polaroids of a living room and gluing them together to make a single large image. He liked the cubistic look of his joiners, resulting from the slightly different perspectives used when shooting a scene to be joined together. You can see this effect particularly in some of his joiners, while others are more straightforward in their perspective. Hockney continued working on joiners until around 1986 when he returned to painting. Here are a few of the joiners my students have created through the years, along with a couple of my own. Many of these were originally shot with 35mm color film and printed into 4x6 inch prints, while others were shot digitally and printed out in 4x6 inch digital prints. As you can see, the subjects vary greatly, and each joiner has its own unique look, depending on the effect the student was trying to achieve. Also note that some were photographed in a sort of consistent grid-like pattern, while others are more random. The individual photos rarely line up perfectly, and the exposures sometimes vary from print to print. There's also a certain amount of distortion within the final image. This is because the perspective always changes while the subject is being photographed, making the image slightly off-kilter from shot to shot. This distortion is more obvious in some than others, dependent upon the focal length used and the camera position. Together, all these flaws are what make the final collage so interesting and unique. No two photo collages ever look the same. So what all goes into creating a joiner? Well, the first thing you need to do is consider what subject you're going to photograph and whether it'll be a close-up shot of a person or an object or more of a landscape scene where the individual shots will be at infinity or somewhere close to that. If you choose to photograph the former, you need to be sure that you have macro capabilities with the lens you're using, otherwise you'll not be able to get close enough to have the individual shots in focus plus be able to compose small portions of the subject. For example, I wanted to create a joiner of my motorcycle with only a minimal amount of background. This meant that I'd have to come in really tight with my shots since using a lens at normal focal distance would result in a relatively small image of my bike and a lot of background. I therefore used my lens in macro mode, allowing me to get close to my bike and include only small portions of my bike in each frame. For a landscape shot, like this one I took in the Bahamas, I'd be able to use either a normal focal distance or even a long one, depending on how many individual prints I want to build my collage. Once you've determined what your subject will be, you need to establish a focal distance that will do the job, and this is very important. Make sure to maintain that same focal distance for the entire shooting process. So if you're going to use a zoom lens, you want to experiment with your composition until you get a focal distance that's going to work, then stick with it. I'm now going to attempt to show you some shooting tips in this clip I made in Photoshop. I've cut off half of the Bahamas shot to provide a workspace to illustrate how the shots will line up after composing them. One of the most important suggestions I can give you is to make sure to get a shot of the entire scene you plan on joining before taking the individual shots. Otherwise, you won't have anything to refer to when you begin constructing your collage. Also, once you start shooting, stay where you are and don't change your shooting position. You don't need a tripod to do this. Just resist the temptation to move and keep your camera to your eye throughout the entire shoot. 
So let's assume that I've already chosen a focal distance with my zoom lens that will allow me to take four or five shots from top to bottom of the scene. Now, beginning at the top left corner, I take a shot, which I'll later print out and place in the upper left-hand corner of a poster board. Now I compose my next shot, making sure to overlap around 20% of my first shot. Note that when I later assemble the prints, that there is extra space on the second print, allowing me to stack it on top of the first print. I then take several more shots in the same manner until I'm done with the first row, remembering to overlap the prior shot each time. Shooting the next row is a bit more difficult because you have to be certain to not only overlap the top of each preceding print, but also overlap the right edge of the entire first row by around 20%. Again, this isn't that hard to do as long as you keep your reference points in mind while composing and not to be afraid to overlap a bit more than you think is sufficient. Once you get started, complete the whole second row until you feel you've gotten all of the image covered up to that point. Now it's time to explain what is wrong with this clip I just showed you. First of all, your actual shots will not be cookie cutter straight and as perfect as this demonstration may have led you to believe. Secondly, my demonstration involves shooting in a tight grid configuration, which is not really the best way to shoot your scene. Instead of keeping your camera parallel to the horizon, it's more interesting to tilt the camera to the left or right every now and then, and avoid a poker straight grid. The catch is that if you do this, you risk having holes in the scene when you start putting your prints together. The best way to get around this is to shoot a bit more than you think you're going to need in each row, so that the entire scene is covered in the end. This takes practice, so if you find this happens to you your first time, don't give up. Give it another shot and you'll most likely be successful the second time around. Which leads us back to my motorcycle collage. Unlike the landscape shot, I shot my bike in macro mode as mentioned before using my Nikon D3100 and an 18-55mm lens. After printing out all of the 40 or so 4x6 prints I took on an inkjet printer, I began piecing this scene together on top of a piece of poster board. This process is very much like solving a jigsaw puzzle, and what I think is the most fun part of the project. You're going to see a lot of duplicate images of portions of the scene, and you must decide by trial and error which prints to keep and which ones to leave out. And by the way, it's a good idea to wear cotton gloves during this process to avoid excessive fingerprints. Beginning at the front of my bike, I begin the process until I've pieced together the entire image the best I can. As I finish a small portion, I use masking tape to temporarily keep the prints together. Once I have the whole image assembled, I carefully flip it over and apply an adhesive to the back of the prints. I normally use this tape gun, which is the equivalent of using double-sided tape. You can also use rubber cement, although it won't hold up near as well as the tape does. I usually use a combination of both, using the rubber cement for small areas that are difficult to use the tape gun on. After applying adhesive to the back, I turn the entire collage over, centered on the poster board, then press it down firmly. Afterwards, I start one side of the collage and begin removing the masking tape a small section at a time. Then either tape or cement the smaller sections of the prints until the entire collage is fully adhered to the poster board. Take care not to tear the prints while removing tape and always double check that the prints are aligned properly before applying the adhesive. And here's the final product. I think it came out pretty well though there are a few things that could have been better. What's interesting to note is the foreshortening effect resulting from my standing above the bike while I shot the individual shots making the wheels look relatively small and a bit distorted. Another thing I really like about this project 
is how you really can't visualize what the final product's going to look like until you've actually pieced it all together. So now I want to present all of you with a challenge. We're going to hold a contest to see who can create the best joiner over the next couple of weeks, and the winner will win his or her choice of either a free Photography 101 app or an ebook edition of one of my novels. Hey, I know it's not much, but my hope is that offering a reward might get the creative competitive juices flowing in some of you more ambitious viewers. If you're willing to give this a shot, post your joiner on the Photography 101 Facebook page within the next couple of weeks. Then we'll vote on which joiner is the most creative and then feature it on my next podcast. Don't let me down. Get out there and start creating. Well, that's about it for this episode. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.